Bibles, and we are turning to Psalm 119. We're looking at the 14th octave, or the 14th uh, section of eight verses that all correspond with the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And we're now to the word N-U-N, nun, nun, well, I've heard it pronounced uh, by those uh, Hebrew scholars, nun, so uh, we'll just go with that. Uh, but it um, corresponds with our letter N, and so every one of the eight verses of verses 105 to 112 begins with this letter. In fact, each one of the phrases do. And so we'll begin reading in verse 105. This is one of the more familiar verses of the entire psalm. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I, excuse me, I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. And so we see now that uh, as he has made his progress from almost giving up or almost saying I've just about had it to now reestablishing his faith and oh how I love your law and getting back into the swing of things in the previous sections. Now we see that he's extolling the word of God again. And yet all through the psalm, we see that he's dealing with a life-threatening enemy and yet, uh, and it never goes away. So he has to learn how to deal with that. What do you do? And I've often wondered about this. Whenever sometimes there's um, a long court case that a church gets involved in or an individual gets uh, charged for something that they didn't do um, or there's you know some case where you don't know how it's going to end in your life and uh, you could wind up losing everything you have or even your life. What, what, how long and what would you do in situations like that? And um, well, I think this is what this man is doing. He's, there's, there's a certain concern for the future. Now, if it was just for me, then uh, that would be one thing. But if it's for family members, that would make it a lot worse. But we see now that he has gone through this and he is really still holding on to the fact that he's going to serve the Lord. And of course, he began, we saw back in uh, in, uh, the, uh, the former octave, oh, how I love your law. And now in 105, we see that he says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Now, the ancient people had a little, like a little, they didn't have flashlights or whatever. And so they would have these little bowls with a wick in it. And that's the way they would, if they had to go out at night 
then it would be only a few steps at a time that they could take in the darkness. And so we see that your word is a light. And that reminds me of 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 7, where he says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So we see the Lord reveals himself through his word. He reveals his plans and his will through his word. He counsels us through his word. The psalmist is in love with this word, as we've seen several times back in, even in verse 97. And he gives, it gives him a sense of direction. And even though he doesn't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow or the next, later on in the afternoon, he knows that God's with him. Yea, though, uh, um, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And of course, we're talking about walking. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And uh, it's great whenever the sun's shining, but when it's, uh, we were living in darkness. And of course, the word dwelled in darkness, and, and the co darkness comprehended it not. So we live in a very sin-darkened world. And so we, we want to have what the modern term is a biblical worldview, a biblical daily view of Okay, Lord, how are you responding and how, are you, how am I responding to what you are doing uh, in the world today? I'm just one of your servants and I want you to lead me. And you promised me that you'd never leave me nor, or, nor forsake me. So I want to know your judgments. That's those, those um, gray areas where I need the leading. Do I do this or do I not do this? Both of them are good, but which one do you want me to do? Uh, what's the the good and what's the best. Uh, this situation, I don't t totally understand this person, but you do. And so do I befriend them in a different way than I am or whatever, and dating or whatever. This is very true with people with life-changing situations that come up in their lives as far as even their relationships are concerned. Um, and finances the same way. Should I buy this house or should I not? Um, and so, and of course, we can't go by feelings. But we have to go by God's judgments. We have to, okay, Lord, is it lining up and counting the cost? You know, of course, he says no, no uh, person goes to battle or no king goes to battle without counting the cost. So all these different things, as far as your judgment is concerned, and the decisions I've got to make in life. And so, Lord, your word is a light unto my path. And I like what um, uh, the writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 6.23 he says, for the, command, for the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. So there he's, we see that Solomon back in Proverbs is calling it the same thing this, this man is calling it, a, a lamp and a light. Um, and he says, reproof and instructions are the way of life. Now, I thought about that. You think about the Bible. Really, it is a way of life. Reproof is rebuke. So God is always correcting us. So I want it to be where God corrects me without having to really get my attention too much. I mean, I like a little, uh, you need to move over a little bit than rather than get out of here. You know, I'd rather have a, something where the Lord talks to me rather than has to yell at me or really be severely, um, you know, command it something. And so, you know, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Well, I would a lot rather for him to do that in walking than having to get my attention by doing something 
in my life. And so again, there is that reproof and instruction is just a way of life. So why are we here tonight? We're in, we, we want to learn instruction. We want God's instruction, do we not? And then also, Lord, if there's something that you can speak to me through that I, you know, that I want to keep short accounts with you, if there's something that I'm doing wrong that you can point out to me, I'm willing to whatever you want, Lord, in my life. And uh, it's a lot easier to take care of them when they're small than it, whenever we get out and we've really developed a taste for something that God says, no, he doesn't want us to do it. And so again, it's reproof and correction, uh, reproof and teaching. So I, like, I still like that uh, illustration I heard about uh, that the rockets going to the moon. And the, that gyro was, all, they never flew in a straight line. It was always that gyro was keeping it within a certain parameter. And uh, you didn't want to go too far. Well, that's the way that the Lord is with us. Keep, Lord, keep us walking down the aisle. Um, and if you can show us that line that you want us to put one foot in another, that's fine. But you do give us some space to walk in. Keep us within the, keep us within the space. And so you give us options and we could take them. But then you also give us objections, and we don't want to go that route. So, Lord, there are certain things that uh, you develop in me because of I, am, I have my free will. And yet, I want my will, your will be done in my heart as it is in heaven. So, Lord, keep me, uh, you know, keep me within your path. And so, we see, first of all, then he says uh, that... Uh, you know, it's just a way of life. That's the way it's going to be. And you want it to be daily, don't you? Uh, I want it to be daily and not uh, weekly. I don't want it to be monthly. Okay, Lord, I'm going to check up on you. And he says, oh my, you, you know, I got a list of things wrong. I'd rather know short accounts with the Lord. And so he rebukes and he reproves and he instructs us. And that's just the way life is going to be. And so, first of all, what I've learned and then secondly, we see the verse 106, what I've committed. Okay, now this, let's go back and just look at what I've said. I've sworn and I've confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. So Lord, I've dedicated my life to you. I've come forward. And, you know, so many times people, you know, they come forward. I'll dedicate my life to, okay, Lord, if you, if you have, that's a daily thing. That's not, you know, once every time we have a revival or whenever the spirit moves in the service. But this is something, again, within those parameters of living for the Lord, of um, daily walking with him, that, Lord, I, you know, I'm, this day is yours. This is the day that, I, that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going forward for the Lord. And so we dedicate our lives to the Lord. And I've confirmed, I, I told the Lord I'd do that a long time ago. And so I want to make sure that I do it daily. I want to do it hourly. But, of course, he tells us to pray without ceasing even. So we see that he tells us, uh, I have sworn and I've confirmed it. Okay, I confirm it this morning. That I'm going to walk with you today. That I will keep your righteous judgments. And there again, those the ju judgments are uh, those things where I stay within his parameters of what he tells me I can do. Now, in saying that, we see that uh, he's learned some things, but uh, he's committed himself. Well, he's committed himself to this. He says, and I like what uh, um, Paul tells Timothy, for this reason I suffer these things, and that nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. There it is. I have sworn and I confirmed. I know whom I believed, 
and I'm persuaded that, and that's the word convinced. I'm convinced that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. So I'm convinced this morning that when I woke up that God can control my life, that he can show me victory over defeat, that he can lead me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, he doesn't tell me every little thing to do. So he, I've got to learn how to develop my judgments according to his word. And that, that's a lifelong precept, isn't it? That's the reason we need teaching. The, you know, the, the, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us it's the power of God unto salvation. In other words, it keeps changing us. There's power in the word. There's power in the blood. And so he is saying here that uh, I've committed my life to obey your word. So Lord, this day is yours. Let's go. And so that's a, that's a daily, it's a lifetime. It is a lifestyle commitment to the Lord. And so he says what I've learned and now what I've committed and now what I'm needing. Notice he goes back to, he's dedicating his life. And isn't that what the Lord's prayers, uh, prayer is? He says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Isn't that great? I've learned to hallow your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I've committed. Here it is. Thy will be done on earth in my heart as it is in heaven. And that's all. I, I go ahead and commit my life to the Lord before I say, okay, now, Lord, give me something. So there's a worship first. There's a desire to see God do his will. So I commit myself to his will before I ask what his will is in my life. And so he is saying well, what I'm needing. First of all, here he goes back to this, I'm afflicted. Now he, he's never going to get quite over this. It's always going to hurt whatever's going on. He says, I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Now, I think of some of these people that have great testimonies that uh, have lifelong afflictions physically. You think they get down every once in a while? I think, I, you know, if you're just in pain all the time or you can't do what you used to can do, but then you see other people doing it. I mean, you can imagine how frustrated it could get. And yet, Lord, I've been afflicted, but keep me going. Revive me. This is the day you've made me. Now, Lord, I've committed myself to you. Now, you know, give me the power. Give me the, the joy of living for you. And then I like the next verse. And this is something everybody can do. Well, I don't have a lot of money to give to the Lord. and I can't do this. He says, I accept, I pray, the free will offerings of my pocketbook. Is that what it says? No. The free will offerings of my mouth. Can everybody use their mouths to praise God? Is that a free will offering? Isn't that great? It's not all money all the time. That's good stewardship, the way you use your mouth as well as your money. Lord, I want to just sit back and praise you. Accept this. And you know, come thou fount of every blessing. Tune me up. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. I was reading about... Uh, I don't know why I get into this because it takes too much time. But I was reading something about uh, Dick Van Dyke this past week. You know, he was studying to be a pastor. Or he was thinking about being a pastor as a teenager. 
before he was born in 1925. He's 99 years old now. But uh, I wish he had because he messed up his life in a lot of areas. But uh, at the same time, he says there's one of these songs in Mary Poppins or one of these movies. He says he gets up and sings it every morning and keeps him going. Well, if he knows that as, a, as an entertainer, why don't we know that as a Christian? And, you know, getting up in the morning and singing a song that's meant a lot to us. And he sings some song that really caught him as, you know, that really turned his career around or whatever. Well, do we have a favorite song that we can sing? I like, there again, Come Thou Found of Every Blessing for, for me. And then other verses, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Songs like a river glorious is God's perfect peace. Overall victorious in his bright increase. And we need to really get some of these songs in our minds and make a joyful noise to the Lord. I know whom I believe. Now I'm convinced that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And so, Lord, accept it. You know, uh, the Lord loves to hear us sing. The singing Christians, the spirit-filled Christians are singing Christians. So, Lord, accept the free will offering of my mouth. I'm giving it to you for free, Lord. I'm, and he's saying, I gave you the voice in the first place. But, the, but, you know, there again, I'm giving you back what you gave me. And, um, you know, well, I don't have anything to give the Lord. You got a mouth. <laughs> you know? uh, even if you don't have a tongue, sign language, something, you know. And so we see, I love I, that caught me today. You know, I can just give a free will offering right at this moment to the Lord. And so, Lord, accept the free will offerings of my mouth and teach me your judgments. Okay, Lord, as I sing and uh, make a melody, echo, you know, I want an echo chamber. So whatever I sing to you, Lord, I want it to be bounced back to me about what that song means and how it applies to my life. The Holy Spirit working in my life. So you notice over, and he said, I, and this is one thing we have to be careful with. A lot of people say, well, I'll just go ahead and I'll covenant with the Lord. I'll, I will uh, make a vow to the Lord. And then, and I was reading about a preacher who did that. And uh, he, he realized he just could not keep all the vows he was making. He forgot all the vows he was making. And so he started writing them down and trying to remember them all. And, but because if we make a vow, we're to keep it, right? But then he, he just took, he went up, <laughs> I guess he lived on a rooftop or whatever, but uh, he went up to, and he just, he just took them, threw them up to the Lord and said, Lord, if the Holy Spirit doesn't help me, there's no way I can keep my own vows. And so, Lord, you're going to have to help me do the very thing that I said I'd do for you. But isn't that what life is all about? Is letting God take what we've dedicated to him and using it. And so again, I'm not saying break your vows. I'm saying, you know, it's better not to make the vow. Uh, but at the same time, there is a commitment that we want to commit ourselves to the Lord. So I've been afflicted, Lord. Uh, and, my, and yet um, I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to, I'm just going to keep on praising you in all things. Give thanks, not for all things, but in all things, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So Lord, even in this situation, I want to thank you because you know what's best. 
I'm scared to death and I don't understand what's going on. I'm confused. I'm depressed. But Lord, I'm going to trust you. And don't tell me that people don't go through life and every once in a while don't get discouraged. Oh, I never get discouraged. I just love God and let go, let God. You have a very, where you live in a vacuum? You know, it's really, we all do. And so that's that battle of the mind, the battle of the spirit of walking with the Lord. So Lord, accept the free will and teach me your judgments. So Lord, I want to know. Notice in verse nine now, uh, he goes on. He says, my life is in your hands. Uh, yet I do not forget your law. Now, I like this is what he's learned and what he's needing. Because if you see, if you go back to, uh, he's already committed. And the one thing he's learned is back in verse 98 of the previous octave. We see, he says, uh, you through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever with me. So he's resigned to the fact that he's going to have enemies. And folks, we, they who walk godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. There's always going to be the devil trying to work. If not, nobody else, the devil, the devil is your enemy. And you're always going to have somebody, something going on in your life. Maybe it's on the back burner and you hope it stays there. But uh, that's the reason we walk circumspectly as wise and not as fools. Because when the things are going well, then you could just know Satan's out there ready to hit you with something and blindside you and take you from the mountaintop to the valley very quickly. And so, you know, Lord, I've learned that, to, that they're always going to be around me. So even when I'm elated and had great victories, I'm still kind of watching because they're ever with me. I've learned that. I like what... Uh, uh, the officers are taught uh, a leader and an officer when everything's going well and you win the victory you don't get so high that you lose control of your men or yourself and then when things are going really bad you don't get so low that you can't pick your men up and so it is in life I like that illustration I that guy he got something from his girlfriend and he was just coming down the stairs of the academy, all happy. And uh, he got down to the bottom, and there was the commandant. He said, son, what's going on? And the guy, sir, he said, uh, uh, son, no matter how happy you get, you can't lose control. Now get up there in the stairs and walk down the stairs and be happy. <laughs> you know, so, you know, so you, I mean, even you get excited, you've still got to be in control of yourself if you're going to lead others. And so this man was a leader, obviously, and uh, he is saying, Lord, I'm not going to forget your law. Um, my life is continually in, in, your hand, in my hand, but I'm not going to forget your law. He knows how he keeps saying that. Um, the wicked have laid a stare, snare for him. Now, this is what I'm needing. Now, well, let's just look at some of those verses. These are the problems I have. And so I just wrote down a couple of verses that came to my mind. Uh, my life is continually in, the, in, my, in my hand. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to lose it tomorrow, but I need the peace. And of course, John 14, 27, um, where the Lord says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the Lord was telling that to, disciple, to the disciples that, uh, boy, they, was, they didn't know what was going to happen. 
I mean, the the enemy was outside wanting to break in, and they didn't know where they were going to have their lives. And of course, they fled from the Lord, but then they came back, and many of them were willing to die for him, and did die for him. But then, of course, the verse that uh, we look at, the, the Lord told the Philippians, he said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and um, the God of peace, uh, the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So if we are praising him, God, God will put up a guard around us. And the word, keep your hearts there in the King James is the word guard. It's a military term. Keepers of the gate, the guarders of the gate. And so we see that God will guide and will guard our lives as we seek him. So we see that he is, uh, he, you know, what I've learned, what I've committed to you, Lord, uh, what I'm needing. And now we see that uh, what I've determined. I mean, whatever I need, I know you're going to supply my needs, but I've just determined some things in my life. And that is uh, the wicked are going to lay snares for me. They're going to be out there trying to trick me up. Satan's going to try to bring me down. That is why I need that light, Lord. Keep me going. Keep me aware of the darkness that's out there. And of course, he's talking. Of course, this is a nighttime section because a little lamp is for the night. And of course, it's a light for my path. I need it. And so... Now he's saying, uh, but Lord, I've determined that uh, the wicked are going to lay a snare for me. But like he said back in verse 98, he says, you through your commandments have made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. So Lord, they're out there, but I'm going to trust you. And so uh, we see that he is now apprehensive and yet... um, at peace with God, that he just knows that there's a battle out there. Um, I like, of course, uh, John Newton. Uh, Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and safe, and grace will lead me home. It was a twist grace. I uh, I typed that out by... um, by memory, I should have gone back and checked it. I forgot to do that. I think it's twist grace that brought, brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me home. And so, yeah, they're ever with me. There's always something out there. And yet, uh, I trust you. And I sure am glad that, uh, that there's more good times than there are bad times. As I serve you, Lord. And then, of course, uh, I like the next verse. These are the things I've determined. Your, your testimonies, the things you've done, those testimonies, that's another word for the word of God. What, look what you've done for others, the, the, what you can do for me. But uh, your testimonies I have, uh, I have taken as a heritage forever. Now, this, uh, he says forever a couple of times here. He says, uh, your testimonies I have taken for, for they are my rejoice, the rejoicing of my heart. He's starting to realize that this old world's not his home. Uh, we sing songs, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. That word foretaste or uh, 
is the earnest of our inheritance, the King James uses, it's the down payment. It's the earnest, just a little bit of what God has for us in the future. And he's thinking about that. He's determined, you know, this whole life has got its problems, but man, it's nothing compared to the glories that will follow, Paul said. The sufferings of this present time are not to be compared with the glories that follow. I uh, paraphrase Paul there, but uh, you know, it's going to get better. And that's the hope of the believer. And so he says, um, uh, and notice how he says, I rejoice in your testimonies as much as in all riches, but the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. I mean, your riches are better than the world's riches. He says, and of course, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul's talking to them. He says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ shall be to the praise of his glory. So we haven't been glorified yet. To whom he called, he justified. To whom he just, uh, justified, he uh, glorified. And so we see that God, God has given us a little taste of his glory, but nothing compared to the full glory that's going to come because he, we are the praise of his glory. God wants to show the universe, including Satan and everybody else, what he can do with a person who believes in him. He wants to glorify us. Maybe not in this old life as far as we know, as far as not much, not whatever he gives in this life is nothing compared to what he has. Look, I have not seen nor ear heard what God hath for those who love him. Do we really believe that? This man starting to say it, Lord, it's worth this. I mean, if this is going to um, lay up stores in heaven for me, then Lord, let's go at it, you know? And so he says, uh, Lord, I realize this whole world's not my home and that uh, you have something much better for me in heaven. So we know, first of all, the forever. He says, they're my, her my heritage forever. They're the rejoicing of my heart. And then he says, I am inclined. I've leaned my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end, to the very end. And so he says, Lord, I'm just, I'm going to lean that way, leaning on Jesus. Uh, and Lord, I'm just inclined that I'm just going to keep on, I'm in it for the long haul. And really, and even in doing that, isn't he rededicating his life to the Lord? Oh, I need to go forward. No, we need to dedicate our lives to the Lord every time we think about it. You know, he's just continually saying, Lord, I'm leaning toward you. And so we see, I like what uh, Spurgeon says here. He says, uh, Lord, send us such a heavenly inclination of the heart as, as this. Then shall we show that thou hast quickened us and taught us. To this end, create in us a clean heart and daily renew a right spirit within us. For so shall we incline in the right direction. <laughs> we shall lean in the right direction. When I'm swaying, Lord, help me to sway in the right direction. Even in those judgments where I don't know which way to, which way to go, Lord, uh, help me to lean the right direction so that, uh, that I go in your path. And so 
What a blessing to Solomon. So notice how he's really, he's, he settled the things back earlier. Lord, help. Oh, Lord, I need your help. But now he's settling down and he's now going forward for the Lord. And he's realizing, yeah, life is not going to be a bowl full of cherries. It's, not, it's going to be hard. I'm going to always have these people around me. But I've committed to serving you, Lord. And your word is going to direct me as I follow you. It might be one step at a time. I like that big spotlight when you show me the big path, but there are many times there's going to be that little nightlight that you're going to lead me along. And you're going to, but you promised me in Psalm 23, you'll lead me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For your name's sake. And Lord, I've committed to glorifying your name, so lead me. Okay, any comments or questions about what we looked at tonight? Isn't this great? I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, I hope this isn't getting boring to you. But I have really enjoyed just meditating on these eight verse sections with a guy who goes through a continuous struggle for the Lord. Because it tells me that, you know, when I get down, it's not the end of the world. That there are a lot of other people who have gone through a lot worse than I have. 